Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Vanille How are you, Pastor Vanille? I'm doing great and excited for another episode of Mission Connect. Yes, here we are. We have a guest here today with us, but this is just a reminder to all our listeners that the purpose of this podcast is to connect them with the mission of God for their life and help them to connect others to their mission. So today on our podcast, we have a very special guest. She is, uh, she actually works at a church. She's the director of ministries. She's a worship leader. She has spent time uh, living in the States and here in Canada. And she brings so much knowledge and wisdom in working in the church, but being effective in reaching those around you. Her name is Laura Lee, and we're so excited to have her here today with us. Thank you. Thank Laura you. I'm Lee, so excited welcome, to be here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so Canadian, American, back to being Canadian. So what? Tell me, honestly, <laughs> what do you prefer? Oh, definitely being a Canadian. Come I actually on. just on <laughs> Friday officially handed in my green card. So wow. I have no ties to America anymore. <laughs> except, being married, except being married to an American. Yes, Andrew's a great guy and... Uh, We've had the opportunity to connect, and we really appreciate them. So, yes, they're quite a dynamic team. Both very creative. Both have a heart for the church and, and worship. And so, Laura Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and who you are? So, I grew up in Brampton, and then um, in 2011, I followed actually my twin sister to the International House of Prayer, uh, where she was doing an internship called uh, Fire in the Night. And basically what that entailed was she would pray (laughs) from midnight to 6 a.m. every day. And I just, when she called me, I could hear just how changed she was. I had never, I mean, I'm her twin, so I know her very well. And I could just sense the Lord on it. And she just said, you need to get down here. So I drove my car to Kansas City. And I spent the next few months uh, praying from midnight to 6 a.m. And that is probably the most defining times of my relationship with the Lord because, you know, you're at nobody's awake at night. Even in the prayer room, it was almost empty. And it was just you and the Lord. And it was the sweetest time that I ever spent. And so after that... Um, we enrolled in the university, and I spent uh, three years there, and then I stayed <laughs> and married my husband, and we lived there, and we were a part of a church plant that actually grew to be a larger church, and we were so blessed to be able to be a part of that, and then recently decided to come back to Canada. So so right now, you're serving as a director of ministries. Now, when you were during this time of going to Kansas City, um, being a part of the House of Prayer down there, when was this connection of uh, wanting to serve in the church or be in ministry full time? Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up being, I don't call it pastor's kid, but my, the the senior pastor of the church that I go to is actually my aunt, and she doesn't have any kids. So we, in turn, were like her children. So I was basically like a pastor's kid. And um, I had grown up, you know, in ministry, never had a desire to be in ministry at all. But I knew that there was some sort of calling on my life 
that had been told to me time and time again, but I fought it and I fought it. Um, and, you know, upon going to uh, Kansas City, I actually, of all things, took pastoral leadership and wow. leadership development. And then, you know, realized that that's, that is a strength of mine and that I actually do really enjoy that as well as I ended up managing a recording studio. And mm. so I really was able to see, you know, the managing side come into play as well as leading worship. And so it was kind of this natural progression of just saying yes to the Lord in the areas that in my heart I didn't always want to say yes to, but knew that that was what he was calling me to. Okay, Laura Lee, yes. so I, if people are listening to you right now and saying, wow, okay, so we've got a super Christian on the <laughs> podcast today who, uh, you know, prays all night from 12 to 6 <laughs> and uh, can re- manage a recording studio and lead worship and went to Bible school and received all this training. And so people are thinking, well, I can't do what God's called me to do because I'm not that good. I'm not that creative. I'm not that capable. I'm not that committed. There, was there a, a journey that you had to take to get to that place? You know, what was it that helped you move towards wanting more uh, for yourself, wanting more in God, wanting more in, you know, where you felt God's God's plan was going to take you? You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people look at us and they say, well, you know, you have all of this together. That's why you're able to do it. But sometimes there's a journey behind that of getting there, of struggling through things, of going through seasons, of not even knowing if God has a plan for you or not knowing if you, you know, can can fulfill uh, the the expectations of the Lord for your life. Yeah, well, I would say a lot of those 12 a.m. to 6 a.m.s would be more wrestling with God than mm. always praying because, you know, I think a lot of times what holds us back from fulfilling what God is calling us to do is that we don't feel like we are good enough and we don't feel that we have the tools. And I mean, it's such a cliche saying, but I love it and I live by it that the Lord doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. And yes, there is something about studying and learning and, and, and you know, honing in on that skill that you want to do. But um, a lot of the time for me, it was just being obedient and saying yes to the Lord mm-hmm. and the Lord opening doors of, you know, being able to manage a studio. Well, I didn't think that that would happen, but in saying yes to the Lord in other areas that opened the door of doing that, which in turn gave me these skills to be able to be a ministries director. And, you know, I even think that just having an open heart and a lot of the time we really don't see the end. It's very much so learning to say yes in the dark, like have and I'm mm-hmm. a type A. I have to have everything laid out for me. And I'm also somewhat of a realist. So to me, the idea of, of you know, doing something that I can't see, I don't like that. And I also want everything together all the time. But a lot of those time is just saying yes to the Lord. And it's, they always say it's the better exchange. Like you're always exchanging what you have and where you are for something that's better. It's just in your obedience and saying yes. And so I think the first step to living out, you know, and and being a part of the mission that God has called you to is just having a simple yes and not Hmm. having to worry about what it's going to look like and just having a yes in your heart. The the Lord is okay with our fears and the Lord is okay with, with us being scared but all he's asking is for our yes. And so for me, that was like the number one thing is just being saying yes. Wow. I think, you know, when you said it, you said a simple yes, but mm-hmm. that's actually a profound yeah. truth mm-hmm. that if you can simply 
at every moment in every stage of your life uh, say yes to God even though you don't see the future you don't mm-hmm. see tomorrow yeah. it's incredible how God the master weaver of our life is weaving together mm-hmm. that you know that canvas yeah. you know uh, on which he wants to make his glory or through which he wants yeah. to make his glory known to the world and uh, and sometimes we don't see on the other side but he knows and i think you know in my own life uh, lordly as i'm listening to you um you know those of you uh, are uh, regular listeners to this podcast you probably know about part of my story i remember moments in my life when i was living in darkness and i you know what the the hardest it's easy when you can see what your yes is going to produce right. like you know what i'm saying i do mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. i get that but then when you are going to do what god's calling you to do without the expectation of the result because you can't see the what this possibly could do what my obedience could possibly bring me you know there's so much, almost no return on investment here but you do it because i'm being obedient i think those are the most profound moments in our life when god begins to build us and develop our character yeah you know for our listeners too is there some uh you know maybe practical ways or how you, you talked about a lot of transitions that you had and it happened in a relatively short period of time just in the last few years right of going to Kansas then you got married you were living out there you were working um at a recording studio now you're back in Canada working in a church so how did you posture your heart to be able to say yes in those moments where there was uncertainty you're moving from one country to another you're leaving family uh you're coming back into ministry which wasn't really your thought process so how did you uh what are ways that you postured your heart to say yes to be obedient to the lord so that if our listeners are out there and they're in seasons of transition or decision you know what are some uh, uh keys or practical ways that they can begin to listen to where god's calling them to um during that season we really immersed ourselves in the promises of God because remembering his faithfulness to us I can you know I can think of times where I felt so low even when we were first married you know there was times you know we think how is how are things going to get better than this even just practically but it was remembering those times of the Lord's faithfulness that he mm. never let us fail and in the times of transition or the times of saying yes remembering his faithfulness in those seasons and immersing yourself in his promise and knowing that he has a plan, he has a future, and we avoided all negative. Like mm-hmm. all negative words. We actually mm-hmm. did a negative word fast, which sounds really funny, but you have wow. to wow. spin all your negatives into a positive thing. And you know, because really in those times when your mind is telling you that this is wrong, this is not good, you have you ha- your heart has to engage with something else. Your heart has mm-hmm. to be engaged with with purpose, positivity, the Lord's promises because your heart and your mind are well for me are always at battle. Mm-hmm. And my, if my heart wins, that's usually that's usually a better thing than if my head wins. So we really like in those seasons really leaned in to the Lord's promises for us and not allowing doubt and the enemy to, you know, mm. bombard us. <laughs> not giving way for that. Yeah. That's really that's, a good that's point. Powerful. I love that. Uh, oh, say that again a negative words fast. fast. So you wow. don't really say no. You have to you know right. say it in a positive way right. and it's really to help shift your thinking because yes. a lot yeah. of times yeah. 
even in our daily life, we're just negative. We don't realize it. And, when, and, that, and then when you start to change, you realize how negative you actually are. And that plays a lot into how you live. Right, it challenges Absolutely. you to yeah. see those areas where you think that you believe, but then you actually yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day that had gone through an, uh, you know, a work situation where they thought some things were negative, and yet um, recently there's been some transition, and all those things that they thought were negative were was actually, or 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 on the whole, big picture. Uh, it was a positive experience based on this step yeah. that's just mm-hmm. happening in their life. And I think this is the challenge is we don't see tomorrow. So we want to be able uh, to say yes to God in the today. Mm-hmm. And we want to be able to say, you know what, I don't understand it, but I know God's got a yeah. better plan and something he's doing through this. So. Yeah, and then you've been able to see the fruit of that uh, in your life and and things where maybe you didn't see years ago serving at the church in full-time ministry, but now you're seeing those areas where God was shifting uh, your heart or your perspective on certain things. Oh, 100%. Even the transition of moving from the States to Canada. I mean, all odds are against you. We're, you know, coming into our later 20s, really where we're supposed to be more established in life, but we're actually starting again. And everybody asked me, like, how are you feeling? Are you scared or whatever? And the thing Andrew and I always talked about is because, you know, during those times we've learned to really dwell on the Lord's faithfulness to us and His promises, we are actually in probably what other people would think is the scariest season of their lives. I mean, immigrating, looking for jobs, that sort of thing. And for not one day have we had any ounce of fear and, you know, we've just been at peace the whole time. And I look mm-hmm. at our situation and think, this is nothing to have peace over in some ways. But when you really learn to say, yes, the Lord will always come through. He will never let you fail. He never will. That's great. So for, you know, our listeners, as Laura Lee was talking it- you know, these are some key points of understanding, you know, number one, being obedient to the Lord and being willing to say yes. Number two, remembering the faithfulness of God, remembering those promises of things he's spoken over your life that you have a purpose. And three, watching our negative feelings or words or thoughts that might hinder us from moving forward in that obedience. And that's helped you and your husband to be able to connect to what God's calling you to in this season. So just to shift gears a little bit here, uh, for those that may be listening who currently work in ministry, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you working in ministry, you're full-time, you're immersed in the church, you're working with people who are believers. How do you and your husband or as a family, um, you know, impact people around you when, you know, a lot of your time is centered at the church? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that what we see now going on in uh, everywhere is, is the lack of authenticity. It sounds so cliche, but you know, we are inundated with knowledge, with fake facts, with real facts, and people crave truth. And I think at the end of the day, what I've seen be the most powerful and where the Lord really uses us and is when we're real, is when we're real people. And people are attracted to that because they see what's inside of you. You know, like a lot of the times when you act a certain way and you act fake or you or you say that you do all these things, people focus on those things. They don't even 
see what's inside of you because they're so focused on these outward things. But when you're actually real and you allow yourself to be honest with people and you really show the love of, of God. I mean, even, you know, my sister and I were out the other day and we bought someone coffee and they were just like shocked that somebody would just buy them a coffee. Like those things don't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's it's little things like that I think that make the most difference is that being a real person, not pretending who you are. People are craving real face-to-face, face authenticity, truth, and love. People don't love each other really anymore. And and that's so mm-hmm. rare to find somebody that you really connect with. That's a stranger. You know, because for me, I don't you're right. I don't have a ton of face-to-face interaction with you know co-workers that don't know the lord i do have friends um but that that authenticity goes such a long way but i also think laurely it applies to people that do know the lord but are living in you know it's like the israelites they were in the wilderness for 40 years right so it's not like they're not god's people but they're not living the fullness of what god's called them to live right and and so you have a lot of people especially in our generation that are in church that are connected in some way serving in some way involved in some way many times because of certain expectations that are put on them but they're not really to you to use the term you're using authentically connected with god's mission for their life and i I wonder if what you're talking about when it comes to uh, being authentic, being real, and loving people for who they are would also make an impact even within the church. Oh, 100%. Because I find that I feel the most inauthentic sometimes in church. Mm. And, you know, growing up in ministry, and it is a very old mindset. You got to come to church. You got to look great. Whatever fight you had before church, don't bring it in the service. And I think what ended up happening was, you know, now my parents have raised three very honest people because, and we can't hide what's going on because we don't like that. Not that my parents are bad or they did that, but I just, I can't stomach that. And I think that most millennials will say can't stomach that either. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think where it needs to start is a hundred percent in the church because that's, that's, that's the cause. And what the effect will be is it will just be, you know, into the workplaces and into the streets and things like that, because, you know, what's a greater testimony is our actions and how we treat people and how we actually like tend to the broken without even, you know, using our words. It's just like how we treat people. It's so powerful. So how do you help connect people with God's mission for their life today? I know you lead ministries, uh, you oversee ministries, you're also heavily involved in worship, Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a team that you oversee. Uh, How are you, uh, you know, figuring this out, you know, this journey of, I want to help people become authentic and connect with God's mission for their life. And I know you touched on it with with being authentic yourself Mm -hmm. and, and displaying love, but what are some of the other things you're doing today to really help uh, navigate people to like you know I look at you Lorley and you know you and a husband are incredible you're because we don't see a lot of young people like yourselves you know that are following God are sold out to God like you've made this move from the mm-hmm. US to Canada really for ministry and mm-hmm. for this you know following the cloud if you will just mm-hmm. sense yeah. that God has something more for us mm-hmm. and we want to live in the center of God's will for our lives but a lot of young people are not there and and so what are some of the things that you've been even learning I'm not saying you're perfect at sure. it but some of the things you're learning how you can connect people with God's mission for their life um Probably, you know, being intentional with relationships, um, the best way 
to connect is to invite people and I've heard you talk about it, having meals with people. And I think a lot of the time that, you know, people, a lot of people are unaware that the Lord really has a mission for them. And I think, too, by being an example of what it looks like to be on a path of what the Lord is calling you, but still being able to live a great life. Like a lot of young adults think, like, when you choose to live the mission of God, like, you need to get rid of, of anything that's worldly, anything that's quote unquote carnal, you know, get rid of your job, you go into full-time ministry, but that's not always what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times people just are unaware. And so having that, building relationships with people, even within the church um, is so important in seeing that. And we, um, you know, we also really challenge ourselves in our finances to, you know, um, intentionally give to missionaries and to ministries because a lot of it we can't do ourselves. And so like, for instance, in Kansas City, a lot of um, the prayer base is actually what they call uh, intercessory missionaries. And we support intercessory, intercessory missionaries and things like that. And so um, helping, I think helping people connect with their mission or the mission is as simple as being able to build a relationship with people and show people what it actually looks like from a face-to-face -face perspective. You know, I, I want to touch on this, and we weren't really going this direction, and we only have a couple of minutes left, about two minutes left. But, Lorley, I think you've talked about something that's really powerful when it comes to finances. You know, I hear churches say this a lot. I hear pastors say this a lot. I don't really believe it's true. Um, or maybe it is true today, but I don't believe it should be true, that, you know, it's the older people that fund the vision of the church. You know, younger people, millennials, they're not engaged. They don't want to give. They don't want to support. What is your take on that? Now, you talked about, as your couple, you and your husband, you guys do this. What does it take for us to connect uh, millennials, if you will, with the mission of God, not just in, in saying, yeah, I'm behind you, but also in saying, hey, I'm willing to put my finances uh, behind um, things that God is doing, uh, you know, in the world today? Yeah, um, I think millennials, if anything, really appreciate a cause. I think their, their mm -hmm. desire is to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And I think the best way, and we see it, actually, there are facts that millennials are big givers because when they believe in a cause, mm -hmm. they give to it. Right. I mean, we even look at, there There was a there was a podcast about a guy who was in jail because he was, um, he, he basically was in jail for a crime he didn't commit. Well, you're actually finding millennials have basically funded his entire lawyer, all of his lawyers, and he's about to come out of jail because people jumped on this cause and now this man's going to go free. Like now is a time where causes and visions are probably the strength of what millennials cling to. And to me, like when I know the vision of something and I can and I see it's creating a greater purpose than them than myself, I want to jump on that because I believe in that. And and especially when my heart is engaged, your wallet mm. will be engaged. That's what I really think. So you're saying to engage millennials in the mission of God, we have to make the cause clear. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so I think that's that's powerful because I think there was a generation like my parents' generation. Uh, I can speak for from what I've seen from them is they did a lot of things 
because of duty. Mm-hmm. This is my duty. This yeah. is my responsibility. I give because mm-hmm. I give. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do, you know, I do this because this is what I'm required to do, and I'm going to do it faithfully, and God's going to honor that. But what you're saying is, well, this generation's different because we don't just do things out of obligation or 100%. duty. It's like we need to be inspired. We need mm-hmm. to be motivated. We need to have a cause that that draws us in. Yeah. And when we do have that, we're willing to put our finances and our energy and our time uh, into that. Hundred percent. It's it's all about connecting connecting the heart because when you connect to the heart, you create something that's greater. You you build a bond, and mm-hmm. to me, that's really why you see millennials really standing up for things that they believe in. That's why I mean, it's it's at a greater. You're right than our parents. Our parents did it out of duty. We do it because we end up wanting to. We believe in it. That's that's huge. That's powerful. And I that's think. why it's so important, you know, as believers to be, you know, not just focused on what is my mission, but also how can I help others connect to the mission? Because sometimes in a, in ourselves, we can't see it, right? And so when we can come alongside people and say, here's the vision, this is the call, this is what the mission that God has set out for us as believers, and then the, that connection is there, and then the vision is there, and then they move forward in what God's called them to. Well, Lorelee, listen, we are so uh, excited about God's mission for your life Mm -hmm. and what you and Andrew are doing uh, both, uh, I'm sure, around the world in your support uh, of missionaries and ministries, but also what God's brought you to do in Brampton Mm -hmm. and the Toronto Mm -hmm. area and uh, all that God has in store for you. So we're praying for you. We're rooting for you. We're excited for you. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Yes, it was great. Just again for our listeners, I think there was some critical points that came up in terms of just being obedient and being ready to say yes to the Lord. And, you know, remembering in when you're doing that, in the process of that. I think there was ma- some f- profound things. Sorry, Emily, I was just, I, as, you was, as you were saying, I'm like, I don't want to forget this. She said, uh, it's a simple yes, yes, which I think is so yeah. profound, yeah. you know. And, and then she talked about, you know, the negative words fast. fast. I think that's so powerful because mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. myself doing that sometimes. Not that I fully believe it, but yeah. I'm just speaking based on my current emotion you know it's not what drives me but it's what i feel right now and a lot of times i guess as laura lee was saying our words have power Mm -hmm. over how we think and how we feel and how we perceive the future Mm -hmm. and then you know just being connected to the vision of god and and god's vision um for our lives and being able to uh, you know i think one of the things too was she talked about building relationship and then she talked about you know setting aside financial stuff and we need to see it as you know uh the relational side but also yeah these practical areas of sometimes it's not just about uh what we can do but how we can support others in their mission and so that's what she was talking about financially and giving so uh some key points today so thank you again laura lee we appreciate you thank you for being on today's podcast so for our listeners, Pastor Fanu, why don't you tell them how they can subscribe or hear more podcasts from uh, different perspectives of people. Listen, thank you again for being a part of the Mission Connect podcast. You can always obviously find us online at www.passiontoreach.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and uh, you can also email us at uh, info at passiontoreach.com. Uh, so multiple ways to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Listen, we love hearing feedback about the podcast and send your questions in because we'll take time every other podcast to answer many of your questions as well. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.